Welcome to Awaken to Sleep Education. On that note, let's uh, let's transition back to the questions, Steve, because we still do have some more. Um, you guys, if, if you want to hang out, uh, we'd love to keep you here. Uh, if you need to get going, we totally understand. Um, one of the questions is, can an ENT diagnose sleep apnea on a sleep study? Uh, yes, they can. Their, their license allows them to do that. Now, there are a few EMTs that are board certified in sleep medicine. They've taken the other fellowship as well. The only problem that ever comes up, and it rarely ever comes up, is if you have an insurance company that's so restrictive that they require a board certified sleep physician to do that. Medicare is one of those. And yeah. so uh, the ENTs are gonna be of varying levels of comfort with that. Usually the only ones that will will, will do a, a diagnosis, they already know that they're trained. So it's not yeah. a question in your mind, it's just a question of when you come talk to the ENTs. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, next one is, uh, can you use both xylitol and a steroid together? Absolutely. Two different functions. So what I recommend is that the patients use the steroids, not at bedtime, because the steroids have a different effect and they affect 24-7 based on, uh, it's not really a surface effect, let's say it that way. And the, uh, um, the rinses are a surface effect. And so I, I, in other words, I don't put the the Flonase in and then squirt saline in and rinse it all out. Don't do that. But you can do Flonase an hour before bedtime and then the, the saline just before bedtime. I do like the saline spray just before they go to sleep because it lubricates all the tissues nicely. Got or it. The, you know, or the uh, neti pot or the squeeze bottle, whatever you're doing that way. Got it. Uh, Stan hopped back on and he said, hey, thank you so much. His wife started with an AHI of 15. He was the first one that got her down to a four yeah. uh, with the MyTap. So that's awesome Good. news, Stan. Good news, Stan. Congratulations. Um, what is your opinion about the Navarre or Navari? Navari. Not sure I know what that means. Navage. It was a typo. Oh. Navage. Navage. Don't know what that is either. Is it, <laughs> if that's another rinse, then all rinses are good as long as they're saline. By the way, I didn't say this earlier. Make sure that your patients use distilled water or boiled water in their neti pots or their squeeze bottles. Critically important. We actually had a patient, in, not my patient, a woman in Seattle two years ago who died because she used tap water and got an infection. So uh, wow. if Navage is some kind of a mechanism or a, or a or a or a like a squeeze bottle fine you know whatever you want to use to keep the nose open is good sorry awesome. i don't know the answer to that one no it's good um my taps how much do they cost oh put a hundred dollars in your head you know it's about that much plus or minus depending on how many you buy i think yep i thought yeah i thought they were 99 plus shipping or something like that mm -hmm. cool um, could you, uh, I, I know you went over it on one of the, the last slides, but um, somebody's asking about multiple different appliances, the push versus the pull, the fin versus the, the anterior uh, screw. Could you hit that again real quick? Sure. Uh, and the answer I always like to uh, preface that, a question like that is, uh, is, is that what's my favorite appliance? And my favorite appliance is always the one the patient's going to accept and use. So uh, a few years ago, 
I had, a, I had a, a, a day where I was sitting in my office and somebody came in and said, well, I've heard about these oral appliances and I, I've heard that there's one that will keep my mouth shut because with my CPAP, I have to use a chin strap. I don't want to use a chin strap. Do you have an oral appliance that will keep my mouth shut? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And I have a tap appliance. Let me see, show you this little hook mechanism here. Somebody else came in and says, well, I've heard about these oral appliances, but I'm petrified of having my mouth locked together. Do you have anything that allows me to open my mouth easily? And I said, as a matter of fact, I do. And I showed them a, a device that would allow them to open their mouth easily. So we have to meet our patients where they are. Yeah. Now, we're scientists and we're doctors, so we have to also make sure we give them a, a, a device that's going to be effective. So we don't let an initial bias stop us from thinking, wow, if this person rolls over on their back and they have terrible apnea on their back, well, I have a device that'll make sure their bite doesn't, their jaw doesn't fall backwards by connecting it with a little hook to the front, to the upper teeth, like a dream tap. I have another device choice. It has a wings on the side that aren't really connected at all. And the lower jaw can slide right off those wings and end up causing a problem for the airway. So which one would I choose if I have a patient whose sleep test shows us that their breathing is much worse on their back? It would be the one that hooks in the front. So we have to use the effective appliances as well. Now, the dorsal designs, of, there's a bunch of them out there. They're not bad devices. They can work for lots of people. But you have to be careful which, to understand the um, nuances of a few appliances. When I teach the course, it's about the workshop course where I talk about all these different appliances. I make sure we talk about different nuances of each one because each one is applicable to an individual group of patients. We don't have a universal device. There is no device that works for everybody anywhere on the marketplace at this point. Got it. Um, thank you for that. Uh, how do you have? How do you initiate the conversation or the discussion about the importance of nasal breathing? Ah. Well, one thing you can do is you can say, um, especially to a kid, but even to an adult, especially if you notice some mouth breathing, put your lips together and breathe through your nose for three minutes. If you can breathe through your nose for three minutes without strain, well, that's one thing. If you can't do that, that's another thing. And then the other thing I always tell patients is um, uh, if you have any allergies, if you know that you have any breathing issues, then just try this nasal spray. It's super easy. It's not expensive. It doesn't cause any problems. The other thing we do is when the patients come in and say, well, you know, I'm still snoring. I'm having trouble with this. It's not working for me. Say, so, okay, we've tried the, the most non-invasive thing we can do, which is holding your jaw forward. Now we got to step it up just a wee bit and give you a medication like a, like a nasal cord to use and a spray. So we're going to make your life just a little bit more complicated by asking you to spray this in your nose every night. So we, we ease up the ladder as we uh, help the patients see that it takes a while sometimes to resolve all of these sleep-related breathing disorders. It's not an overnight thing. Anyway, they didn't get to be a bad breather last night. They're not going to be a great breather tomorrow night after you deliver your appliance today. It's going to take a while for the body to reset. So you have a chance to work with your patient to find out what's best for them. Dr. Pankey said this a long time ago. He said, you got to get to know your patient and allow them to tell you what's going on. You have to know your works, you know how to apply your knowledge, know, know which devices you can use and which tools are at your fingertips. And you apply your knowledge by, by giving the patient what seems to be the right thing for them at the right time. 
not always a formula, not always, it's a thinking person's game. Got it. Um, speaking of a thinking person's game, uh, when is it time to refer out to an ENT for turbinate surgery? When, when they just can't get their nose to work as well as it should, or if you see, take, say, a comb beam, for example, and it says, well, this is completely plugged. Well, you're, gonna, you're fighting uphill if you think you're going to fix the oropharynx if they can't breathe through their nose because the turbinates are just giant. And they, and they don't take out turbinates anymore. They just shrink them. Yeah. Well, um, gosh, I think we got all of them here. Great. Yeah, we did. Steve, thank you so much. Any, uh, any, any parting nuggets? No, just doctors be, you know, dentists be good doctors. Don't limit yourself to what you think you're supposed to do with the oral cavity. Do a great job there because we're the only ones that can do a great job in oral cavity. But we also need to help our patients by not having them be nasal disuse uh, patients. We got to make sure they can breathe well. We got to work with our otolaryngology colleagues, our sleep medicine colleagues, our primary care doctor colleagues to make sure that we're really being part of a good team. No one part of healthcare can fix sleep-related breathing disorders all by itself. No one. So we always have to work in combination with our colleagues. And, um, and so that's fun, though. It's part of the professional challenge. It is the, the uh, delivery of sleep apnea care. So good for you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. And, 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 uh, and I love doing this. There's my email address. Please email me with questions. I, I love to answer questions and help you out. Yeah, and I, I will say, guys, I, I saw one other question come in about the books, the list of books, uh, Steve, that you mentioned. If somebody emails you here, you could uh, – oh, here we go. We're going back here. to the slide. Good. That's Thank just three of them. Don't forget Sleep Wrecked Kids. Sleep Wrecked Kids. Everybody needs that book. Sleep Wrecked Kids. Awesome. Yep. And uh, I'll, I'll give one last shout out uh, to Airway Management. Uh, we appreciate you guys for sponsoring this. And uh, guys, if you learned a lot tonight, uh, show some love on uh, social media or however you do that. Uh, thank them for tonight. And uh, it's been a blessing and a, and a privilege being with you. So uh, you. If, we, if we can serve you or uh, answer any questions, let us know. Thanks, Mike. This yep. was fun. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this webinar. If you'd like more information on dental sleep medicine education, coaching, or home sleep testing services, please feel free to reach out to us at awakenasleep.com forward slash edu or at info at awaken2sleep.com. Thank you and have a great day.